Want to stream cognitive dissonance to your Android or iPhone? Buy the app. Go to dissonancepod.com and click on the link on the right-hand side of the page. Each purchase helps support the show. Hey, guys. It's uh, Daniel here in Arkansas. I wanted to quickly share my favorite Bible verse, my new favorite Bible verse I discovered this week. Um, it comes from Ezekiel 23, verses 19 through 20. And it's new international version, so that's why it may be a little wonky. But it says, Yet she became more and more promiscuous as she recalled the days of her youth, when she was a prostitute in Egypt. There she lusted after her lovers, whose genitals were like those of donkeys, whose emission was like that of horses. That's amazing. Glory hole, guys. Keep it up. Again, happy centennial. Hey, guys. What's going on? I just realized I called you with, uh, in Ezekiel verse the same day that you released Gesticulation Part 2. And I just about died and hit a little kid on the side of the road laughing that uh, you guys uh, put, put that verse about semen ejaculations the size of stallions or whatever it was. Anyway, keep doing what you're doing. Love it. Love that you included the verse. Bye. Hey, Cecil and Tom. This is Miranda from South Louisiana. I was listening to your hundreds episode part B and thought it was hilarious about the thing where everybody has the Ten Commandments in every classroom and where was it like Arkansas? Well, being in South Louisiana, obviously there's a lot of religion here and it kind of sucks but we actually have a Ten Commandments well not we, they have a Ten Commandments set up at a gas station from now on obviously I refuse to get my gas there so Whatever, but I just think it's great how much shit you guys talk about the, the South because it's all true. Like, I grew up in Canada and through a long story and many different crazy circumstances ended up in South Louisiana. And I always, I totally agree with all of your sentiments about the South. So hopefully one day I'll make it back up to the North and then we'll all be happy and free of the religious persecutions. I guess, so people don't tell me I'm of the devil anymore, which has actually happened, which is awesome. So, just letting you know that somebody in the South actually agrees with you and thinks that this place is horrible. Okay, talk to you later. Bye. Oh, God, it's Clay Thomas again. Um, I was just planning my trip to the doctor's to have my jaw broken so that I can take both cock and balls through my glory hole. I was just thinking of a great name for a female glory hole. To be a frat gap. Cheers, bye. Be advised that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome at. This is episode 101, which means if you're particularly bright, you can test out of it. (laughs) 
<laughs> All the listeners have skipped up to 201 now. No, they're not even right, going to listen no. to any of the 100 level courses. They're like, fuck, I yeah. should have taken AP in 096. <laughs> fuck. God. No, I'm stuck at 101, bastards. Um, and as I'm sure you guys have noticed, we are using voicemails. Um, we're going to use voicemails to start the show. We're going to intersperse some voicemails um, throughout the course of the show instead of lumping them all together at the end as we see fit. And by we, yeah. I really mean Cecil. Because <laughs> Cecil will see fit. I will no do nothing. No choice in where, what voicemails right. go where. But we liked it so much on those 200 episodes that we thought, well, hell, why don't we just start anew? Instead of me trying to search for some jackass who's going to say some gobbledygook every week or some skeptic that says something that you're like, right on. Why don't we just let you guys, you know, leave short voicemails uh, and then we'll piece them together and we'll start the show with them and we maybe throw them in between stories that we don't have good bumpers for and then we'll just see where it goes. That way we don't have to play a big bunch of them at the end. We'll only play the ones for people who specifically want some sort of reaction with us. You know, all you have to do is just leave your name, keep it short, you know, 30, 45 seconds. That's the butter yeah. zone, guys. Um, anything much longer than that. And uh, it's just, it's just, yeah. it just doesn't work. Um, but use your name, keep it short. And, uh, you know, you might find yourself gracing this beauteous beginning program. too. Before we the- even say anything, <laughs> you get an opportunity to say something. So if you want to leave something great, you know, and even quick ones, just like, Hey, Cecil and Tom, this is um, Pope Benedict glory hole, you know, something like that. That's fine. <laughs> if you want to throw that in there. You know, I, I fully expect to get a, a you know, hundred or so of these things, 30, 40 seconds long, and the whole yeah. show will be taken care of. <laughs> we can do then that. You really we won't. We have won the podcast forever. We don't have to do anything ever. Well, actually, you don't have to do anything because I have to fucking piece right. all those things together. That's what I was going to say. I like it because it's still the same right. amount or more, more work, work for you. Out. Yeah. Yeah. And I still Nothing, don't have to none. do Yeah. You don't even stop tweeting right. stories, too. <laughs> <laughs> every every moment of your tweet twittering is just a plea to everyone to call the show so you don't have to do any work. Let it just be retweet. Yeah. <laughs> like all my tweets will just be retweeting. Oh god, I'm so lazy. Oh. RT boop. Oh, that's awesome. Done and done. You are asking what's the big deal about sex, okay? What's the big deal? Why is it important to me to note this? Well, out of those who choose to be sexually active um, at this age, one out of every four. One out of every four will contract a sexually transmitted disease. Well, if I were to take a cup and I were to spit it into a cup and I were to hand it to this pretty young lady right here, what's your name? Tier. Tier. Tier's going to take it. She's going to spit it into it. She's going to pass it around the room and everybody's going to take a chance spitting it. We're going to hand it to this young lady back here. What's your name? Lizzie. Lizzie? Lizzie's going to drink out of that cup. What would y'all think about that? Mm. Pretty disgusting, right? You wouldn't do it. Because you're exchanging bodily fluids and that's what you do in sexual activity. You exchange bodily fluids. So you see how rampant it can go in terms of your sexual activity. Because there is no such thing as risk-free sex. Okay, we'll say that one more time. No such thing as risk-free sex. Condoms break, they tear, they have holes in them, they have a, a failure rate of about 14%. So we're going to start this show with a story from the Friendly Atheist blog. Public school brought in unqualified Christian women to teach students about sex. And guess how that went? Hmm. Uh, not particularly well, given that you've already established they are unqualified. <laughs> no, they. One, the thing is, is they were unqualified, but they spent the night at a Holiday Inn Express, so they were fine. 
this is I, I, you, you look at this and it's like you know exactly where this this article is going. Um, it's it's pretty great. The students um, a, a short list of the lecture included having students spit into a cup and then telling the class that drinking that cup is the equivalent of having sex with eight partners. That is not true. There is no orgasm involved. <laughs> like if I have sex with eight people. I'm fucking winning, right. right? It's like eight people. Right? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Somebody is drenched in something at the end of that. <laughs> uh, I, I like what I really like is I don't know if, if if you heard this when you were a kid, but there's a story of like an Ozzy Osbourne show that's like an urban legend. Have you heard this? Where he bites the head off well, a no, bat. No, that's that's an urban legend oh. too. I think maybe it's not. I don't know. Maybe that guy did bite that. Like every I don't story, know. like every rock and roll story, is Ozzy doing yeah. something. So you're gonna have to be well, more. Well, no, this one is they pass around a cup where some a bunch of people spit in it and then he drinks it. Oh god, fuck! Is no, that disgusting? What? <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> fuck! There's no yeah, way anybody no, would do that. Well, that's disgusting. Well, I mean, that's fully like the most disgusting thing you could possibly imagine. But that's that's like an urban legend that I heard when I was a kid. Like, oh, yeah, that's God. one time at a thing and somebody spit in a cup. And you're like, well, nobody would do that. Like, there's a reason why people say like they're 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 saying that they're telling that story is because it's disgusting and it immediately is revolting. Right. And right. when you listen to this person, I actually like when you listen to them and if you play the movie, there's a movie at the bottom of this page here. It's one of the first things she starts out with. She's like, how about if we all spit in this cup and then so-and-so drank it? And everybody in the class is like, she's like, oh, that's what it's like having sex with people. And you're like, that's nothing like sex. That is absolutely nothing like sex because I never feel like, oh my God, I feel like I'm going to have to drink a giant hacker. Like when I'm like, no, like I'm just going to stick my penis in somewhere and I'm going to ejaculate. And then like, that's good. Like I I never, it's nothing like sex. But the thing is, is what they're doing is they're trying to give you this shock sort of visceral reaction to something really gross to make you feel like you don't want to do it. It's just like, I mean, it's, it's like fucking batting a fucking dog on the nose with a newspaper. You know, it's trying to draw that false analogy, right? Like, well, you're exchanging body fluids and it's like, okay, well. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. It's a false analogy, right? Because right? it's like, well, yes, but in one circumstance, it's fucking horrifyingly disgusting. Right. And in the other one, you're getting laid. Yeah, in, the, in right? one, like, they're not. In one, I'm swallowing a hacker. In the other, I'm ejaculating. Like, right. they're, 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 they're completely like other ends of the spectrum. Right. They, they don't, it, it'd be like saying like, you know, that eating all things, you know, like on one end, it's like drinking eggnog, <laughs> right? Which is... Which is the worst? I right, mean, it's, it's, it's food almost experience. as bad. It's the worst food yeah. experience you can have. Exactly. Or eating at like a four star restaurant. Yeah. It's like, well, they're both consuming food. Right. Technically. Technically. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, drinking a cup of spit is kind of like drinking eggnog. It turns out they're not, they're not that it's, much. It's different, not that I'm, dissimilar. I yeah. like this one too. There's one here. It says, "Telling ladies." They're emotional after sex, so they'll become attached to whomever they have sex with. What if they just, like, flip their own switch? Like, are they in love with their hand? And they're just like, or they're in love with their dildo. They're, like, taking it out to prom with them. When I turn my hat, it's like a switch. switch. (laughs) Or what if if it's the old uh, peanut butter and the dog? Suddenly they're taking the dog to prom? Look, women aren't geese. They don't imprint upon the first thing they see and just follow them around. It's like That's awesome. You have sex with a woman and they're just like she's like following you around. You're like, fly away home. Fly, fly away <laughs> home, bird. 
<laughs> Every time somebody comes near you, she's just like, honk, honk. <laughs> that is exactly my experience with women. That's, that's, that's my high school career right there. Like I dated a girl as a freshman and I never got away from her. She just followed me around, honk the entire time I was in school. I couldn't get any work done. It was awful. Can you solve for actually? <laughs> what is going on in this school? <laughs> oh man. Okay, Susan, we want to hear your cheer. <laughs> we just want you to say go team. <laughs> How was your day at school, honey? (laughs) (laughs) My little girl. She's grown up. She's all grown up. She used to follow me around (laughs) honking. (laughs) Honey, feed her some bread. (laughs) If she gets pregnant, she'll leave me. <laughs> oh man, that's the you don't even need the plan Bill if she's plan B if she's plan Bill. Plan B if she's laying an egg. Right. All you need is a good yeah. saute pan. You just, you just need to turn the incubator light off. I love too that it's like they also say in this article, state uh they state that medical textbooks say uh life begins at conception. And I'm like, what is your medical textbook? The Bible? Right, yeah. That well, that is that is their medical text because they've never been to medical school. Right. They're unqualified. And the funny thing is, the Bible doesn't even say that like life begins at conception either. Right, because the whole idea of like a medical abortion was like God didn't know about that. Right, yet. no, that they snuck d- up on hadn't him. figured it out yet. Yeah, he was just like fuck. I didn't see that one coming. Being all knowing, and you know the the one in here that's particularly I think egregious is. Uh, Saying there's a new STD that they're that they're saying is going to be the new AIDS. Anytime an expert refers to they, like the them, yeah. Anytime there's a the them or a they or an undisclosed disease, just, right? You're just being lied to. Like they, you're just being lied to. Like no doctor is like, you know, I heard there's an STD. Really, which one? I don't know. But they say it's gonna. Who's they? You're they. <laughs> You're, you're the it. Tag, you're like, it. You're the guy giving the talk about the thing. You know, every time you if have you're premarital sex, the a they, comet hits the earth. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then we all have to watch Armageddon. Yeah. Do you want to destroy society? <laughs> Do you want to put the fate of the world in Ben Affleck's hands? No, <laughs> I didn't think so. No one wants to do that. Nobody, Nobody wants, wants that. Nobody wants that. Hello. So, Cecil, we've actually got uh, three stories um, that all kind of dovetail together because the Muslims were on a roll this week. Um, The first story I want to talk about is actually uh, the Woolwich attack. Um, The uh, suspects in a London area, um, they're not even suspects. Why are we calling them suspects? They They were captured on film with a fucking cleaver in their hands talking about having just murdered a dude. And we're still going to be like, mm, I suspect that one. Yeah. That's the one <laughs> I suspect. That That's now he's innocent until proven cleaver. <laughs> what? 
some barbaric asshat um, couple of guys just just fucking attacked some soldiers. Just attacked them. Just fucking meat cleavered that guy to death. Um, and then uh, basically said that this was part of a, a jihad movement. The idea of that he's that he's going to just lop somebody's head off in the middle of you know in the middle of broad daylight. Hit him with their car first. Right. Is that what he did? He hit him with the car first. Yeah, he hit him with the car yeah. and then they jumped out. And then jumped out and, out and, and then, and then played like hack it off there. Um, I think that, you know, there's a couple of ways to look at this. There's, you know, there's a lot of horrible shit that's in the Bible, right? There's a ton of horrible shit that's in the Bible. Um, I just think that people don't act on it in the same way. Uh, I think that people don't do some of the horrible shit that's in the Bible, like stoning people to death or, you know, um, killing people that have, you know, adulterous relationships and all that stuff. They don't do that stuff. Um, they, there are some, there is some horrible shit that comes out of the Bible, like people, you know, beating their kids until they're dead. But I, I don't see it as much as like going out of their family. It's almost always like whenever people like follow the Bible to a T, it's almost always they're hurting the people closest to them. They're not hurting other people. Right. They've gotten past, there's, there's a sort of a level of rejection of certain parts of that book that a lot of Western culture has gotten past. Um, you know, the really horrible shit, people are just like, oh, that's the new, that's the Old Testament or whatever. And they've gotten past it. But there seems to be this other piece of culture, this Muslim culture, the really deep fundamentalist Muslim culture that keeps all that horrible shit still in there. And, you know, the killing of other people and then blaming it on, you know, well, they're infidels and they're in our land and all that stuff. I feel like, you know, yeah, people die in other countries and people are killing each other in other countries. And, the you know, the militaries of the worlds are not blameless here. They are fucking doing horrible shit to people all the time. There's people dying in drone strikes every day. Um, you know, there's no uh, there's it's not like we're running out of people that are dying every day because of some stupid policy of, you know, one of the major governments. But I feel like you're delegitimizing your cause when you start bringing religion into it. If you were just saying, hey, man, we need to get out of the Middle East and I killed somebody because of it or something like that, that's a different story than I killed a guy and Allah made me do it. It feels like, you know, like you're delegitimizing the the protest sort of feel that you're trying to put. And I don't agree with killing anyone in the first place. I don't think you should kill someone in protest. I think that's stupid. I think you should be put behind bars. But I feel like there's something there they're pulling they're pulling away any sort of legitimacy by slapping religion sticker on it. Yeah, well, you know, you might have a political point, but as soon as you start, you know, throwing out jihad and, you know, calling out, you know, God is great, God is great when you're covered in blood in a city street, like you know, your your message has sort of been lost at this point. Like now, you are going to be treated like a barbarian, right? Because you are acting like a barbarian. And, you know, regardless of whether or not they, even if they just stood up afterwards and were like, "Hey, you know, you shouldn't be in the Middle East or whatever," even if they didn't mention any kind of God at all, your point is delegitimized in the first place by killing another human being. Oh, of course. You know what right. I mean? Like yeah. we're not no, saying absolutely. that that's not that that's a good way to get your point across. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, it's not a via. Yeah. That's not a valid political protest. No, right? no like, it's not valid. Like attacking. Attacking people with with fucking meat cleavers is not a valid political right. protest, but but I think your your point is is taken that it's not it it actually pushes your point your your 
your political point so far underground when you bury it in all that fucking religious mumbo jumbo that people aren't even listening. Like people in Western society are not even listening anymore. You can have great, you can have a great point. You can be like, I I don't want people bombing wedding parties from fucking robot airplanes. I don't. In my, you know, like that's a bad thing. But you've got to just let that be a bad thing on its own merits. Like it has, there's plenty of reasons for that to be a bad thing. It doesn't have to be a bad thing for religious reasons, and then we're going to throw out, like, you know, this jihadist sort of language. I think that's the thing, man. It's like when you've got within, – within Islam, you've got this jihadist subculture, right, this violent resistance subculture, which is – becomes so ingrained with part of that violent fundamentalist Islamic movement. It, it, and as soon as that language – starts to get used, not only is the political message, which could be very valid in some circumstances, not only is the political message lost, but now you've got a war of our cultures. Now you've got this, this, this war of, you know, the, the great Western religions versus the great religions of the Middle East. And, you know, which of these, you know, uh, ideas is going to win out in the global marketplace. And, you know, the, that jihadist language serves nobody. Nobody is well served by that language. And that, that language is damning. It's because that, that's the kind of language that incites people like this guy, you know, to and, and his idiot ass friend to run over a soldier in the street and hack him to death. Like that language is important. The language we use to to talk about these things is very important. And, you know, the problem with well, one of the problems besides its total lack of truth with the Quran is the Quran is filled with violent language. And like you say, like there's no Old Testament. Like you can't, you can't do the Bible shuffle, right? You can't just be like, oh, put that under there. Right, it doesn't right. work anymore. So all that shit is is taken seriously by this jihadist subculture, and it's and it's hard for me to even call it a subculture because I, I you know, g- getting to another story we, we looked at from the Wall Street Journal, um, the problem of Muslim leadership. You know, it, it asked the question like, which is the true Islam? Is it the Islam of, you know, violence and murder or is it the Islam that uh, people always come out? You know, there's a there's a violent Muslim inspired jihadist inspired attack. And then you get the talking heads that pop up on TV and they say, well, that's, you know, no, no true Scotsman. Yeah, that wasn't really a Muslim. You know, Muslim isn't Islam isn't really like that. Well, if it's not, then why are people doing it and yelling God is great and quoting your holy book? Like, it doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, it feels like what there needs to be is a sort of Protestant Reformation then. You know what I mean? Like like the Muslims need to have a Protestant Reformation where they just say, okay, well, we're protesting what you say. We don't think yeah. that that's what right. the Quran is. We are now Protestant Muslims. And we're a different sect than you. So when you you know, strap your bomb on you and run into a crowd. That's, that's Islam. That's, you know, that's whatever, uh, Orthodox Islam or whatever you want to call it. But when, you know, you come to a, you know, an area and there's just people peacefully protesting, that's us. And I think you really need to have a schism at this point to sort of show that you are different because if you don't, then you are complicit in what they're doing. You know, if you don't separate yourself, you're complicit. Well, yeah, right. I mean, silence, silence is consent. You know, when when you're part of a group like this, um, 
you know, they, they need to have a no a zero tolerance for violence. You know, it's it's you just have no place to hide like these these fucking crazy. If truly if if the talking heads that pop up every fucking time something like this happens and say this is not Islam, this is not Islam. You know, you, it's it's every time. This is not really Islam. Islam is a religion of peace. Boom, another bomb goes off. Islam is a religion of peace. Some dude gets hacked to bits. Islam is a religion of peace. Somebody gets stoned to death in Mali. Islam is a religion of peace. Really? How many times those are some awesome words. They like, are. keep saying those yeah. fucking words. But Build a society that gives no place for these people to hide. Get, build a society that seeks to root out and shine a light upon jihadist culture and destroy it from the inside. We, you know, we can't do it as non-believers. You know, the Western culture can't do it as predominantly Christian cultures. No. Right? the the only the only culture that's going to be able to affect this change is this culture, and this culture pays lip service. It's all they pay to this. Yeah. I, it's it. There's no truth there. And you know, you know, there may be outrage, but there's no truth. And I got into a, I got into a comment back and forth with a guy who was telling us that we didn't know anything about, um, not the Middle East. Uh, is Bangladesh, by the way, uh, wasn't the Middle East. That's not in the it's Middle not East. Not in the Middle East. It turns, East, it turns out. out. <laughs> the, the the point is, is that someone was basically saying, look, you know, these violent protests that have busted out are because people are being oppressed by the government, that the government is corrupt, so they're violent. And I understand when, you know, when a government starts to attack its own people and starts being violent, that people need to rise up. I understand that, and I get that. But, you know, like, I look at what happened during the Occupy protests here. There was plenty of people out on the street getting their message across, and there was plenty of people who wound up going to the hospital because the police, you know, shot rubber bullets into the crowd or sprayed them in the face with a bunch of mace or, you know, held them on the ground, choked them, tied them up, jumped on top of them. A bunch of people got their asses kicked in those Occupy protests. Not a single policeman, as as I recall, died in those Occupy protests. Right. You know, and their message— was clear. The message came across and the message was loud enough so that you heard reverberations from it for months afterwards. So, you know, the idea that you can su- you, that you somehow have to meet violence with violence is a primitive idea. That's a primitive idea that needs to be squashed. And if you're looking at your holy book and you find that in there, tear that page out because it's not fucking useful anymore. Allah Akbar Akbar Allah Akbar Allahu Akbar Just little Allah Thank you Chicago Yo Cecil I want to talk too about this story from golfnews.com um, this is a writer, a Saudi writer campaigning against moves to bring women into mixed gender work environments. And his solution to this problem, and we're just talking about, you know, where, where's the true Islam? Well, it's a religion of peace. This isn't really it. Um, he's calling for um, women to be systematically intimidated and sexually molested. That's, that's the tool for the intimidation is to molest them in their place of work so that they don't feel safe leaving the house. This is, this is not like this is not how you build a functioning civilization. You don't look at half of your population and say, "Yeah, whenever they try to leave the house, let's all behave so much like animals 
that they scurry back into their homes for fear of their own safety. What kind of a jagoff would, you know, basically just say, look, all, all we need to do is harass women in a way that makes them so afraid and so agoraphobic that they just won't leave their own houses without some sort of protection. So basically, we're just going to harass people in the worst way possible, basically molesting them and harassing them so that they just don't feel comfortable anywhere else. I mean, if there's not a, you know, a show of power here, right, that power of the, you know, you know how we talk about rape as an act of power. Like this, right. is this, if this isn't a show of power, I don't know what is. And one of the best parts of this article, I'm going to read the end here. It says, this guy uh, drew condemnation for mothers who said that the writer was a disgrace to Islam. One said, what kind of per- person urges youth to commit debauchery? Another urged this guy to follow his own example and harass his own wife and sisters. <laughs> and I thought to myself, I was like, you know, that would be a consistent asshole if he urged other people to do that. Right. But right. He, it's not him. But it would have been awesome if he if he went out and was like, yeah, man, go ahead and molest my sister, <laughs> my hey, daughters she- or my wife, you know. It's yeah. She's got to come, and she's a woman in the workplace. I mean, workplace, he basically so. is saying it, though. I mean, basically, right. without, oh, yeah, and, he is. You know, I mean, he's saying yeah. all women, right? So, I mean, like the women that he knows are part of those women, and that's what I don't get. You know, like, like there's a feeling there that he's basically saying, you know, like, look, I'm willing to, you know, these relationships with these people that I care about mean nothing to me in comparison of subjugating half the population. Like the meaningful relationships, it'd be like me saying it's okay to, you know, rape all women and then my, then let my wife go out of the house or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, like, you know, obviously he still wants to protect his wife and he wants to hide her away and force her to not leave the house. But the, the, the idea is still there. Like what if she has to leave for an emergency? Then she gets like fondled somewhere, you know? Yeah. And if she does, it's going to be her fault. Yeah. You know, that's that's the way they build this whole society. I mean, it really is like we've covered so many stories like this. You know, if she were to go out into the street, let's say there was an emergency and she and she went out and to out of her house to go do a thing. It doesn't even matter why, you know, and and she's attacked. Well, it's her fault. She's committed the crime of fornication. You know, she can be punished for I mean, in within a lot of these cultures, you can be punished for the crime of being raped. Like for the crime of being sexually victimized by other people, you can end up being punished yourself. This this is a world I, I think, you know, like you ask yourself um, or you were asking Cecil, you know, what about like these people they they have relationships with and love? I, I don't part of me is like it can't be the same thing. It can't. It just can't. Like you cannot have a loving relationship built on respect and and any kind of hope for, you know, parity. And still behave this way. So clearly this is about establishing and maintaining control of your of your society. It's not about like, well, you know, I want to take care of my wife and my daughters and my sister because I love them. It's like, well, those people are ancillary to my power. It's almost like they're fucking ob- – I mean they're totally objects too. It's not like they almost are. They are objects. Right. And they're um, – in a way it's like taking care of, you know, your dog or your – herd of cows or whatever, or your car for that matter. 
Hi, Tom and Cecil. Congratulations on your 151st show. I uh, just wanted to say, Lori Hall, and um, I'm willing to offer you a meager bribe. Please, please, I will donate $10 to your TAM fund if you will have Esme as a guest on your show, because no matter how brief, it's guaranteed to be hysterical. And also, I wanted to comment on a comment someone left on the last show about Pat Robertson, about keeping him alive. We all know that Hillbilly God could keep him alive ad nauseum. So, dear best, Hillbilly God. Thanks. Bye. And then Cecil, this story is from digitaljournal.com. Um, Iran moves to legalize marriage for girls under 10. Not to be outdone when Saudi Arabia... <laughs> Announced three months ago, girls as young as 10, um, Iran decided to drop the age limit to nine because you have to keep up with the Joneses. If they get a nice RV, you've got to rape a fourth grader. That's how that works. Another RV (laughs) of a younger age. Oh, man, they're putting in a pool. I'll teach them. I'll fuck their daughter. What? (laughs) What? Nine? Nine is fourth grade, man. Do you remember fourth grade, Cecil? Vaguely. Like, like vaguely. Yeah, that's the problem because you're a fucking kid. Dude, it's, I mean, it's 30 years ago. Like, yeah. I've lived a lifetime yeah. since then. A nine-year-old. What person even wants to, what person looks at a nine-year-old and is like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, a pedophile? you are a fucking sick human being. A, a Catholic priest? A Catholic priest. You know, I, you know, the thing that, the thing that, uh, I don't understand is, you know, look, if you want a bald pubic region, can't you just have your girl shave? Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. like I don't know. I mean, I seriously, I don't understand the, the level at which you're the, the dedication you have to your religious text is terrifying. You know, you're talking about Islamic Sharia, Sharia law here. You're talking about, right. yeah, you know, that's... marrying people off at a young age because that's what it says in your holy book. And, you know, you're not taking into account the age at which you are mature. That's, that's you know, when you lay a blanket statement out there like that, like, oh, well, you know, you can marry somebody as young as 10. I mean, are there 10-year-old mature people out there? I don't think there are. I personally don't think there are. But, you know, for the sake of argument, let's say there's one in a million <laughs> Right. Are you going to legislate that or are you going to legislate on the other side, which is like, yeah, let's go with 18 because clearly there's probably some 16 year olds out there that are very mature for their age that are probably together and, you know, fully developed and whatever at 16. But yeah, but I mean, nine, nine is a nine is a I mean, it's literally almost I mean, it's double the age to be a legal Right. Participant in sex in Illinois. It's it's truly astounding that anybody would want this. That there's that there's a push for this, right? That that you're that these that people are sitting around like, ah, you know, it's a real problem in our society. We've got to fix. We can't have sex. We can't marry nine year old girls. Oh well, we'll have to fix that. I mean, look at Saudi Arabia. They can marry ten year olds. Well, we can't be outdone by the Saudis. We're going to marry our nine-year-olds. Could you imagine uh, such a prudish society that they doubled our age? So they're like, you got to be 36 before you could have sex. (laughs) You know, like, I mean, but think about it. Think about how crazy that sounds, right? You're like, oh, my gosh, that sounds crazy. They probably think the same thing about our culture. Like, oh, my gosh, you mean 18? You got to be 18? Yeah, why would you want to marry an 18-year-old girl? She's well past her prime. She's she's an old man at that point. 
she she could develop into a real and I think I think this is the problem. I mean, I think this is this is the real reason it happens, right? Again, I think it comes back to power and control. Well, and property. if you marry a woman, at, if you marry a woman, I can't even say that. If you marry off a girl, a little girl, at nine or ten years old, then she never gets any a, a chance to be autonomous, right? right? She she she'll never have a moment in her life where she has any autonomy. So she's either owned by her parents or owned by her husband. There's no middle ground, no. right? When when we have this thing where like you can't get married until you're, you know, 17, 18, whatever the age is. I know it varies by state and some people are going to call and be like in Oklahoma or whatever, you can get married when you're 14 with your parents consent yeah, or something. In Germany nonsense. they do the but, same thing or whatever, yeah. You know, I I know that it varies, but the 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 point is that as that age is pushed further and further out, people have an opportunity to be autonomous for at least a short period in their life. And with autonomy comes freedom. And with autonomy comes individuality. If you strip somebody systematically, if you strip an entire sex of their ability to have an autonomous period in their life, then you know how are they ever going to push back? against a system that so clearly devours them. That's a great, that's a great point. And I mean, it goes back to property. It goes back to, you know, like, you know, you're, you, you drove the car for nine years and you're looking to sell it. You know, you're looking (laughs) at what's the blue book on this little girl, you know? Oh God, a nine-year-old girl. I don't even, how do you date a nine-year-old girl, right? Like, what do you want to do? I like ponies. Like, honey, I don't want to have candy again for dinner. Right. <laughs> I mean, what what could a nine year old girl? You would seriously have to be her fucking dad for seriously. A while. Like, I mean, like, like what is in that culture? What do you have a woman for? She's gonna like take care of you. But it's like she can't even if you have a stackable washer and dryer. She can't even get the fucking <laughs> clothes out of the top of it. She can't reach the back of the stove. Like, right. yeah, sure, maybe she could clean out your chimney because she's very small at that. <laughs> But she can't do some of the really major tasks you need her to do. She's not even a good, like, worker. Yeah, they don't have the physical strength to keep up with, like, the, the, the housework. Right. You know, I mean, it's like, bring the laundry upstairs. The laundry's fucking heavy. I don't care. What are you, nine? Yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Stop behaving like such a shit. Yeah, I know, like, every date is, like, showbiz pizza. <laughs> like well, I don't, I'm sick of going to showbiz. Can we go somewhere else? And no more tea parties. Yeah, like what? And what is she going to do? Mr. Bear is not Honey, I want to go out anymore. for a drink after work. Well, it better be soda. You're right. Well, in that culture, it has to be anyway. Well, right? Admittedly, yeah. Yeah. Like, let's go out for a drink. Why? There's no point. I don't know. Marry a nine year old. Who cares? Yeah. Right. So we're going to take a quick break, give you some information on how to contact us and all that jive, and then at uh, afterwards, we're going to be back with the rest of the show. So stick around. Want to contact Cognitive Dissonance? Visit them on Facebook. You can find the link at the website dissonancepod.com or type it in the Facebook search bar. Be sure to follow the guys on Twitter. Their handle is at dissonance underscore pod. The guys also post to Google Plus now too, so check them out there. And if you'd like to email them, you can do so at dissonance.podcast at gmail.com. You can also leave a comment on the blog at their webpage or give them a call at 740-74-DOUBT. That's 740-743-6828. Long distance rates apply. And to everyone who listens, shares, retweets, or rates the show, Cognitive Dissonance would like to cordially thank you for all of your fucking support. 
So this story comes from the most reputable possible news stores, the Daily Mail. I've rid the world of 160,000 demons, says Catholic Church's leading exorcist as he calls on the Pope to allow all priests to perform the ritual. Cecil, I don't blame him. He's got to be exhausted. (laughs) He's got to be really tired. You know, that's what is that? It's got to be like a nine to five job if you're ridding the world of that many demons. Well, you know, I, I real quick did the math, right? So if he rids, if he gets rid of one demon every day, so he never takes any time off, he gets rid of a demon a day. So right. t- he's on the demon a day, but demon he's got a, a day. punch card. Sure, demon a day, got it. Demon a day. It would take him 438 years. This guy's old. Get- well, he does look like he's about 438 years old. Yeah. You know, I know, like, I've seen The Exorcist, and I know, like, I am Legion. Like, oh, okay, well, there's a lot of them in there. So, you know, if he were to get rid of demons and say he's doing that he'd have to get rid of 17 a day for 25 years but how long was his career was his career that long i don't know 25 years 17 a day is a lot 17 because i think at that point it's almost like you're like a domino's delivery guy and you got to get rid of the demon in 30 (laughs) minutes or less like you show up at the house they're like look the last guy came in it took him 47 minutes to get rid of the demon i just don't have that kind of time and so you've got to come in and really sort of work and get that demon out of there. Well, what, what, what they don't realize is that you get a punch card, so every seventh demon just pops out free. Oh, it's just free. Yeah. yeah so you just you walk up to the – and you're just like – and the demon's like, I am in here. And you're like, I got a punch card, so – Fuck. I got to go. <laughs> I didn't count on the discount. I didn't realize you had a BOGO. Do you validate parking? <laughs> You know what I wonder too is, I mean, 160, that doesn't sound like a made up number. It sounds no. like he counted. Yeah, and I right. wonder, like, do dishwashers count how many dishes they wash? <laughs> Are they just like, I've washed 200, 2,264,705 dishes? Yep. Yeah, you've got you've to wonder, like, at some point, no matter what you're doing, you stop counting. How right? many mortgages have you? Mortgaged. Mor- <laughs> I have no idea. I couldn't. I couldn't even hazard a guess how many closings I've been involved with. Thousands. I have no idea. Thousands. Sure. I was. Thousands. I was thinking the same thing about web pages. I'm like, how many right. web pages have I coded? Thousands. Yeah. I don't know. A million. A hundred and sixty thousand. <laughs> yeah. A hundred and sixty thousand. It's as equally made up as anything I'm going to say. It clearly can't take long, right? The demons have to be just. They're just like clinging on the edge. Either that, or he's so good. This guy's the fucking Michael Jordan of exorcists, right? right? Like he drives he comes to the hole in every 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 single time he gets the ball, he drives to the hole. He dri- he comes in and like the demons are like, yeah, we fucking got it. The- oh no, <laughs> they, called. Oh, they, they called. got the big guns. Look All right, boys, it's like those Mucinex Father Gabriel's here. Quick, <laughs> run. <laughs> We got to get out of here. We got to get out of here. (laughs) I got to read part of this article because I think it's fucking hilarious. He said that practicing yoga brings evil, as does reading Harry Potter. They both seem innocuous, but they both deal with magic, and that leads to evil. He added, yoga is the devil's work. You think you're doing it for stretching your your mind? Stretching your mind and body. Yeah, that's actually one of the hardest stretches. And these oriental you gotta be like in your 80s to use the word oriental too right oriental's a fucking rug okay it's not a people 
all these oriental religions are based on a false belief of reincarnation. I love the idea that yoga stretching your body is somehow like like the demon is just like sitting in the back. He's like, I love those yoga pants. Man, I love <laughs> yoga pants. I'm jumping in that girl right now. Again, it is not, it simply is not lost on me that here is somebody who makes his living with magic. Right. Like, he's a ghostbuster. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what are you going to call Father Gabriel? This guy is Egon, right? Yeah. I mean, he is a fucking ghostbuster. He ain't that smart. Him. He's, he's Ray. No. He's Ray. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what he is? He's he's Winston. You know? Yeah, he's like, Winston. Yeah. Do you believe? Yeah. There's a solid paycheck in it. I'll believe in anything. <laughs> exactly. So he's telling you like, oh, those things are fucking magic. Really? Because you get rid of demons for a living. Yeah. You believe in the magic, bro. So You're subscribing sure. to the magic. Yeah. That would be your life. I would think demons would be good for business, right? Like, for me, it's like, oh, man, I don't. I really don't want rates to go up, right? Like, this guy really doesn't want demons to go down. What would he do? What would he do on a Wednesday? Nobody's calling him for demon control. I got to say, if you scroll through these pictures, Tom, the third picture down needs to be Photoshopped. So the first picture is the dude's fat face. Second one is the guy with his hand. The third one, here, I'm going to describe the picture. The pulp has his two hands on a guy in a wheelchair's head, and this guy's got the O face on. Yes, he does. And it looks like if you were to say Photoshop a penis in there, (laughs) it would look like, I don't know, pretty natural at this point. Yeah, this... um. It looks it looks like I know how this movie ends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cecil Tom, my name is James. I'm from California, not in San Jose. Listen, you guys uh, a few episodes back, ninety seven, ninety eight, I think, were playing a clip from a pastor on television, evangelical douchebags, who was talking about the idea of um, observation in the public square and how there was no freedom. And he was making a political point about how this idea of constantly being watched what leads to the absence of freedom. If you listen very closely, and I only bring this up because you guys are really you know, smart in the way you guys deal with subjects. If you look at what he's saying very, very critically, he's making the argument the moral side of the argument at the very least um, if you go back and take a look at that I think you'll agree with me just wanted to add that little contributive note have a good afternoon guys so this this story comes from willamettweek.com cake wars Um, so relatively recently in Oregon there was uh, a, a couple of places that did not want to do, um, particularly Sweet Cakes by Melissa, um, said that they don't do same-sex marriages. They were asked to um, do a cake for a lesbian couple. Um, Fleur Cake also refused to make a cake for a lesbian couple's wedding. Um, and this story is fucking spectacular because they basically called up both of these shops and said, hey, you know, uh, we're looking to get a specific cake done. Can you do this cake? And they came out with, like, the most offensive possible shit. 
for the devoutly religious. And each time they're just like, I got a cake that serves 15. Yeah. <laughs> Like each one is just like so clinical about for 30 people. We got a couple of options for you. You know, like each one had that. Although the Fleur cake a couple times didn't answer. Yeah, they just I think they just couldn't get a hold of them. Yeah, whatever, I think they so. probably but whatever. It doesn't matter. Like, but that other one, the one that specifically was uh, that specifically said no to the same sex marriage cake. They came out and said you know, oh yeah, we can do. And here's the ones I'm going to read what they what they they did. So they did a baby out of wedlock, and this is what they said to him: I'm shopping around for a nice baby cow, baby shower cake for my friend. It's her second baby with her boyfriend, so I'm not looking for anything too big or fancy. <laughs> and then the next one was a divorce party. My friend is getting divorced, and we'd like to throw a little party to mark the uh, the start of her new life. Do you ever write messages on those? We'd like it to say congratulations. The next one is stem cell. It says. I'm wondering if you would do two little uh, cakes. A friend of mine is a researcher and he just got a grant for human cloning. I thought I uh, basically do two identical cakes, a little clone cake. And then the person's like, the person at one of the places is like, ha, all right. What are you looking for? <laughs> I know. When are you looking to do it? Yeah. It'll be 30 bucks each. Yeah. No problem. The non-kosher barbecue is dumb. I don't, I mean, it I, is, whatever. It is that's totally stupid. stupid. But the pagan solstice party is my favorite one. I'm going to read it here. It says, <laughs> I was calling to get a quote on a cake for a midsummer solstice party. My covet fucking coven <laughs> I know. is celebrating on Friday, June 21st. The decoration would be very simple. Just a green pentagram. We'd like to pick it up that afternoon. She says, for 30 people, we have a couple of options. We... We have two kinds of cakes you could have about the diagram you want on the cake. I'm not sure how much extra it will be. And, you know, like, look, I am all for fucking private businesses laying down their own rules. But I am also for sweet justice when those private businesses get called on the carpet for being, you know, for basically being bigots. There was a while back. I don't know if you remember, Tom, but. This was a long time ago. It was like everyone's at critic days when there was this place that Obama was like they had like these Obama T-shirts and they were like making fun of him. And they look like like a monkey or something. I don't oh, know if you yeah, remember. I remember like, that. It was like yeah. it was like a place in Georgia yeah. or whatever. Right. And they're making fun of Obama and they had these dumb T-shirts and they're basically just like the outside of their, their sign. Big, awful shit. And it's like, cool. You can say whatever you want and you can make racist fucking T-shirts and you can, you know, reject people who want to get married because it's perfectly legal to get married there. But you can reject whoever you want. It's your business. You know what I mean? Like you can refuse service. I understand there's laws that you shouldn't be doing it. I get it. But in my opinion, you know, look, it's your business. You can refuse service. But then you could also be fucking called out by the press for doing it. And I'm 100 percent behind that. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing. It's it. This is actually better than if they had done it against their will. Right. Had had they been bigoted and kept their fucking mouths shut and just made the cake, nobody would know. But now everybody knows. Right. Don't get a cake from bigots are us. Yeah. Right. Like nobody's going to go to fucking floor cakes. Nobody's going to want a cake, a sweet cake by Melissa. Nobody wants that because we all know she's a hypocritical bitch. Yeah. Melissa sucks. <laughs> right? Her cakes suck. And, you know, the, here's here's the thing. 
your business model is no longer sustainable because the right. growth in this country is showing that people don't care about same-sex marriages. They just don't. The younger generation cares less and less and less about it. Yeah, are there fucking zealots out there who are like, no, I, I want to make sure that no gays ever get married? Yeah, they exist. And there's 10-year-olds singing, ain't no homo going to get to heaven? Absolutely, that exists. But you know what? They're dying off every year and they're growing up and they're realizing that they were wrong or they're just they're just not continuing the growth cycle. Right now, the growth cycle is more states are letting people in that are gay uh, and getting married, and there's just more and more tolerance towards homosexuals. So you know what? Your business model isn't sustainable. So that's why Chick-fil-A fucking turned around. That's why the Boy Scouts turned around. That's why the Mormon church is turning around, because they realize that eventually the entire people that we advertise to and market to aren't going to exist. So Sweet Cakes by Melissa may be fine for a next five or six years, but after a certain point, there's not going to be anybody who's going to come to your shop anymore. Right. You just What you're going to do is you're going to be like one of those niche stores that only serves the clan. Right. 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 You're going to be like, you're sustained entirely by hatred. Yeah. Like you're sustained entirely by a bunch of fucking dim-witted, pointy-hatted dipshits. That is going to be your clientele, and you're going to be left being one of only like six or seven small companies desperately trying to swim up a cultural stream that has long since swept you into the dustbin of history. Yeah. <laughs> ha, 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 ha. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! The neat thing about this story, Tom, it has both dolphins and birthers in it. It does. I know. It does. It does. <laughs> Uh, this story is my very favorite thing of all time. Healthyliving.msn.com. My midwife, the dolphin. Dolphin-assisted underwater birth is a growing trend. And then this is my favorite. But should it be? Well, I like that it's a growing trend that hasn't happened yet. Yeah, no, I know. You read this and it's like, well, nobody's actually gone through with it. Because at some point they're like, that's crazy. <laughs> Why would fucking- you give birth in the ocean, surrounded by dolphins. Like, you're going to be like, what's that? Oh, that's uh, that's one of the top marine predators in the area. Oh, let's bleed around it. No. What the fuck? You know, what? Look, here's the thing. Like, I, I, I don't, first off, I don't understand this at all. Like, I don't get this at all. <laughs> Why would you? I don't get this at all. But, you know. I don't – the thing is is that the dolphins are not the only thing that people are t- – the only animal that people are turning to for medical advice. I found out earlier today <laughs> that people are getting eye surgery from porcupines. I don't know if you heard this. <laughs> they're also getting physical therapy from lemurs and they're getting – their uh, the newest x-ray technicians are grizzly bears. So th- this is sort of a whole sort of animals in the workplace thing that I guess we just missed. Can you imagine like you, you go out to the, to, to the ocean you're like – um. No surgical masks here. Use a box jellyfish. Oh, fuck. What? <laughs> you know, like, so and also, like, isn't seawater kind of disgusting? Yeah, well, it, it's not. St- Remember that time that they sterilized the ocean? Yeah. <laughs> Remember? Because that was never, and it's impossible. My wife, like, accidentally bumped into some coral when we were on vacation once, and her fucking leg, like, immediately, like, got all infected and nasty. I remember that. It yeah. was fucking disgusting. Like, you know, she was basically a, like they were going to cut her leg off, turn her into a peg leg. I mean, it was disgusting. And the idea is like, OK, well, you know, why don't I just climb in the ocean and just shit a kid out in there? What? what if, I mean, at what point are you like, you know, we do have hospitals 
and human midwives. Humans. This is taking that water birth thing to the next level. To the next isn't it? level, right? You're like, well, can you imagine? You're like, um, keep swimming. I'm having a contraction. I'd really rather not be swimming at the same time. She's gonna wear like a noodle. She's got like a noodle. She's leaning on one underneath each arm. Okay, he's just got like a beard, a cozy. He's like relaxed on one of those pool rafts. Like, how you doing over there, honey? And when the, when the baby fuck. comes out, it like takes the baby in its mouth and starts dragging her around by the umbilical cord. It's like skiing. <laughs> well, have you been to SeaWorld, Cecil? Yeah, oh yeah. You ever, you've ever seen like they throw like the beach ball and they start bouncing it around <laughs> all over the place? <laughs> I mean, what? you can't stop a dolphin in the water from doing what the dolphin wants to do, right? Like, if you just, if the dolphin just wants to eat your baby, it's going to eat the baby. Why wouldn't it eat the baby? At what point? We have, there's these crazy people who are just convinced that dolphins are like, they're like like underwater teddy bears that are just waiting for an opportunity to save you from a fucking shark. They're like, they're fucking, they've watched too much Flipper. Like, this is not... The water's version of Lassie, because Lassie isn't really a thing. That was a show. What do you, the dolphins, they don't care about you. They're just, they're, they're not the happy-go-lucky animals on your trapper keeper. They don't live in rainbows. They're not covered in glitter and unicorns. What the fuck? This is a, why would it even care that you're having a baby? Like, best case scenario would be species indifference. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. It's like the idea is is that they like people have these these fantasies about like how great dolphins are. It's like it's like you wouldn't fucking birth your baby in with killer whales, right? Right. You wouldn't be like, oh, there's killer whales. Hey, why don't we just like go? You know, I wouldn't fucking get in the water with a killer whale. I wouldn't get near a killer whale because they're fucking marine predators. I know. Man. Like, well, and they, yeah. and while these things probably aren't going to do a lot of damage, they have hurt people before. Right, they have attacked people before, yeah. and and they will fuck you up. And you know what they'll do to a baby? Whatever they want to do to a baby, because babies don't do things yet. <laughs> babies just sit there waiting like, for the mother to protect them. Right. And you know, uh, imagine another scenario, right? Like imagine any other. Like if you were like, you know what I love? I fucking love dogs. So I'm gonna go to a fucking dog kennel and give birth. You're gonna go to like I'm gonna, I'm gonna go like lay in the wilderness and give birth around the wolves. Right. What why would you do that? I'd be like, oh, how's the baby? What the fuck is this picture? <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say, I have this picture. I found this picture of someone of a of a uh, of a dolphin that is already giving a woman an exam. Wow. That answers the question, uh, what is the female version of the glory hole? Well, no, you know, it's funny because I was on Reddit earlier and it was called the bottom nose dolphin. <laughs> it's a right upper butt. It's pretty funny, actually. I'm going to post a picture of the bottom nose dolphin on our page. So dolphins can be fun and, and funny, but only if you, I would, you know, I would only caution, you know, full grown people to interact with them. They are not midwives, contrary to lunatic beliefs. So we want to play two voicemails for you, uh, one from James and one from Ulrich. Hi there, Cecil and Tom. This is James from Arkansas. Uh, I was wanting to uh, correct you guys on uh, a misapprehension that I have heard now twice. On your show here, uh, you keep claiming that uh, that uh, Sierra Mist 
is a substitute for uh, Mountain Dew. Well, as they're both made by the same company, uh, PepsiCo, this would be, you know, kind of self-defeating in that case. I, I was a, I, I worked as a, uh, as a server in a restaurant for quite a while, and I will tell you that the Coke equivalent to uh, to Mountain Dew is in fact Mellow Yellow, and what uh, what Sierra Mist is an analog to is yet another Coke product, Sprite. Uh, you try to give a kid who orders Mountain Dew some uh, Sierra Mist, you're going to get one pissed off kid on your hand. Anyway, uh, love the show, Glory Hold, and all that jazz, and happy 100th. Oh, fuck. No, 101. 101. Damn it. All right. Anyway, uh, keep it up. Bye. Yeah, hi, this is Ulrich from Canada. Sorry about the previous screw-up message. Glory Hole, um, congratulations on your 100th episode. I'm looking forward to part three of your 100th episode, followed up, and eventually, hopefully, we'll get to part 100 of your 100th episode. That would be great. Um, it's interesting to hear about uh, your take on the Ten Commandments. Um, my way of explaining the Ten Commandments to people is the first four commandments usually are basically God saying, kiss my ass, and the other four uh, have some vague reference to morality, but when you dig it a little bit deeper, they really don't. It's the anyway, first three, not the first four. It's the first four. My wife doesn't actually like your show. She thinks you're annoying, but, you know, different strokes for different folks, and uh, I enjoy your show immensely. So James uh, mentions that uh, that the Coke equivalent of Sierra Mist or the uh, aptly named Mountain Dew is Mellow Yellow. And in fact, Sierra Mist is a competitor for Sprite or 7-Up or something. I don't understand that because isn't 7-Up the competitor for Sprite? No, like, but don't I think 7-Up is its own company. Is it really? Yeah, I think 7-Up is its own. I don't know. Whatever. I, I, who cares? Soda. Yeah, who cares? And you only drink it when you're sick. In any case, uh, thank you for pointing out that the, that uh, Mountain Dew and Sierra Mist are from the same company. And you're right. They're both from Pepsi Company. But I think I think this actually reinforces Tom's opinion that Mountain Dew is, is Sierra Mist just with different words because they're basically the same marketing team. They're just like, you know, we came up with this, such a great name before. What do you guys think? Let's go with Sierra Mist. Sierra Mist. All right. Way to go. You know, like it's the same fucking thing. So yeah, it makes sense that it would be the same company. It's like piggybacking off the success of Dr. Pepper with like nurse salt. Yeah. It's like <laughs> you're doing the salt. same thing. Nurse what do you salt? Do the same thing. So uh, we also want to talk to Ulrich. Ulrich's wife doesn't <laughs> like us, um, but he talked about the Ten Commandments. I love your uh, analysis of the Ten Commandments. And by the way, uh, Ulrich, uh, you want to put your wife on just for a second. Uh, Ulrich's wife, he was right. It's the first four. It's not the first three. So get off his back for crying out loud. Now she'll never find us. Annoying. I know she's not going to find us. It's funny how many people like have a, a, a significant other that fucking hates us. They're right. just like, man, I love your show. But my man, my fucking husband hates you guys or my wife can't stand you guys. I'm like, yeah, my wife can't stand me either. Yeah, I was going to say, I've got the same problem. It's. It's entirely un it's understandable. Are you it's kidding? It's totally me? understandable. But thank you, Ulrich, for forcing your wife to sit through the call while you called us. That's pretty awesome. 
So I want to play an uh, another call to prayer that someone sent in. Uh, this one is from Rob. I love the Star Trek Star Trek Con thing because that's it's that, very funny. that's like vintage. Um, uh, what's the guy's name? Shatner. It's like right. vin- vintage Shatner. Be- before his, uh, you know, beat poetry day. Yeah. Right. You right. Know. Yeah. And Priceline. We got an email from uh, from Isaac, and he says he says, "Whoa, episode one hundred and one. Are we forgetting the fifteen minute glory hole that was Sarah Palin midweek short?" <laughs> And I the answer would be one. yes. <laughs> I did do one a long time, but that's that's pre-recorded material. That right. was from everyone's a critic, and we pulled all the best bits that we had about Sarah Palin and put them in uh, in a uh, in a small short episode that we thought was pretty hilarious. But it's because Sarah Palin was such gold, you can't just throw that stuff out. I know. And now that Michelle Bachman is leaving, I don't know what we're gonna do. I know. It's like the the double crazy factor. We're gonna have to go back to Rick Perry. He says, all kidding sign, great job on reaching 100. Also, the female glory hole is a barrel with a hole in it, which they straddle inside, which someone goes to town. <laughs> yeah, inside. Somebody's going to get pooped on their head. That's you all know, I'm saying. You know, I mean, geez, you feel like you're in a barrel of shad or something. You know what I mean? Like, you're just like, it's like a barrel of herring. You're just like getting, like, what? there is nothing less sexy than sitting inside of a barrel waiting for someone to plop their fucking you know, bottom in your face. I was going to say, like, you just... Waiting for a bum to land on your head. Ugh. That's how you know it's time to party. Ugh. It's like, what you doing? I'm Nothing just hanging on a barrel. Less sexy than that. But hey, if that's what you're into, best of luck to you. <laughs> we got an email from John, Tom. And John says that um, he's a primary care doctor and he has a website that talks about chiropractic in great detail. And he has done a lot of research. So what we're going to do is we're going to link to his site um, skeptical medicine, and we're going to talk about chiropractic. He's going to talk about chiropractic on it. I mean, it's it's extensive, and he has done a lot of research on it. So, if you have any questions about chiropractic care, this may be a good place to start. So, John, thank you for sending that. We're going to link to it on this episode of this of this uh, podcast. Yeah, it's incredibly comprehensive. Thanks for sharing that with us. We got an email from Nate, which is a great idea. Tom, why don't you read this email? I was thinking about all the stupid stuff I did when I was religious, and I want to know about the dumbest thing that you prayed for. I'd love to hear what other listeners have to say, mostly. I grew up charismatic Pentecostal, where we prayed for anyone, anytime, for anything. God could kick the sniffle's ass in about three days. <laughs> I love that. It was in this framework that I learned that I learned that I worshipped a capricious God. He didn't give a damn whether or not Mega Man lived or died, but seemed to prefer his explodey doom. Even as a kid, this seemed a little dumb, but if my sisters and I prayed hard enough for my brother, my brother would beat the game. (laughs) The world would be safe. This was my first clue that there was no God. Or, God loves the death of what children love dearly and will only help if you sacrifice money on the altar of Nintendo power. I remember this kind of stuff and wonder how I made it through college. Glory hole. I think that's a great idea. I think we'd love to hear listeners' stories about the dumb shit you guys prayed for at some time in your life. I think almost everybody has done it, um, and I think they, they would make some really funny stories. So yeah. call in with them. We'll, we'll definitely play them on the air. Yeah, if you call in or send a voice memo and keep it short, we might start the show with it next week. So feel free to uh, to, to call them in. Um, if you want to send them, we might read a few of them on the air next week. I can tell you I don't remember praying for anything 
you know, there was two things that I prayed for that I, I vividly remember praying for. One of them was to get a girl to go out with me. So I remember praying for that, but I was like a young teen at the time. She didn't go out with me, by the way. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, God is 50-50 here because I remember praying that my dog wouldn't die. Now, my dog did eventually die, but he didn't die then. So yeah, well, I prayed for a dog not to die. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything. I wasn't terribly religious, though, growing up, so I don't know that I have. But I have definitely heard stories of people praying for some really Oh, yeah, I mean, people pray for the weirdest, weirdest Silly thing. shit. I mean, yeah. you hear it all the time. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go car shopping. Like, oh, I'll pray for you to get a good deal. What? Oh. What? Shouldn't somebody pray for the salesperson to make a good commission? What if... What if both families are praying? Well, then that's, you know, there's prayer warriors going on that, there. They've got to be a fight. You know, I, I, I don't remember praying for anything. Abs- I don't think, well, I mean, I think praying for a girl to go out with you is pretty absurd. But I think, um, you know, I don't remember praying for anything that was that was like, I, I want to, I don't know, like, I hope the bears win or something. Like, right. I don't remember praying for anything like that when I was a kid. But I do see all the time, like, you know, like simple stuff, people will be like, I'll pray for you. Like, and it's like, I got sick or my kid's sick or something. And you're just like, I'm praying for him thinking, take him to the doctor. Like there's yeah. a, you know, there's specific ways in which you could stop people from doing that. Yeah. Fat lot of good that's going to do. Yeah. Mm. Oh, and, that, and the other thing too, is whenever there's a tragedy, it's like the, you know, the Oklahoma thing. It's like, oh, I'm going to pray, you know, I mean, they're in my prayers. I'm thinking that's, you're not doing anything. Like yeah, have them be in your pocketbook, send them some money. Yeah, right. And it's like if if God if there was a God who really gave a shit, he would have not sent the tornado. Right. You know, clearly that's what he would want. Like if if God's in control of tornadoes and shit, yeah. And he hits you with a tornado, it's cuz he wanted to hit you with a tornado. <laughs> so for you to come back after the fact and be like, uh, "I'd really like you to save my puppy." It's like, "Motherfucker, I hit that puppy with a tornado." We got an email from uh this is from this is from Francis, and uh, Francis says, "I want to read the end here." Now, Francis um, lists this long uh, sort of in a way. It's it's a history. It's a history of Francis and talking about how they came out of. Uh, and I don't know if Francis is a boy or a girl, so I'm going to just saying they. Um, it's sort of the declarative without a gender. Um, they came out of. Uh, they, they came out of religion and there's, this is a great, uh, story. If you wanted to Francis to post it on, uh, on our deconversion stories portion of our page. So if anybody has a story about how they came out of religion and they want to share it with other people, you can post it on our page on a dissonancepod.com. There's a, there's a, a tab on the very top that says deconversion stories, click there and post it as a comment. And then other people can read your deconversion story and you can share it and you can do it anonymously too. So uh, thank you for sending it in, but I want to read uh, the very end here. It says, love your show, excited about finishing the backlog. And it says my favorite part in they spelled favorite wrong uh, is when <laughs> Uh, one of you, generally Cecil, and I, I don't think this is true. It's both of us, uh, make a particularly irreverent joke or statement. And Tom ends up chuckling and saying, oh, no, <laughs> like that happens <laughs> so often. Uh, and it's like there's some one time where it happened five times in an hour. Yeah, that happens like almost every episode because it's almost always like an abortion coat hanger joke or something. Or right, some t- th- this happens when we just get together. Sometimes. Yeah, I know. Just- yeah. And all of a sudden, we, one or the, one or both of us will realize we're in polite company and be like, "Oh, that's not going to go well." 
That is just not going to go well. You would be surprised at some of the stuff that's gotten edited out of this show. Oh, I know. Yeah, some of the stuff that's gotten edited out has been so uh, just so off color that <laughs> we have decided like like there's moments where I'm chatting with Tom and I'm like I can't put the part about the uh, the Nazi murderer pedophile and you know what I mean or right, whatever yeah, you know like what, yeah something this week that we said that was just so off color that we're just like we can't put that in we're just that's not, not a work. thing that can go in no not for public consumption. <laughs> So Stu sent us something this week, and we're going to play it. Uh, this is this is Stu reading a story, and we thought it was pretty funny, so we're going to play it for you. Hey, guys. Here's an update from the Middle East. Saudi family urges approval of maid's execution for murder. Indonesian maid killed aging Saudi man and fled before she was raped by nine men. The family of an aging Saudi man murdered by an Indonesian housemaid at his home urged King Abdullah of Saudi Arabia to endorse her execution rejecting persistent pleas by her embassy to pardon the woman under Islamic law. The sons of Saud al-Otaibi said they had waited more than enough for the court to order the beheading of the maid after she was sentenced to death three and a half years ago. We appealed to King Abdullah and the Minister of Interior, Prince Mohammed bin Abdulaziz, to end this delay and order the quick execution of this killer. We will not feel any relief until the sentence is executed. We will not accept anything but right. His son, Munif, said, quoted this Saudi Arabic language daily. According to the paper, the maid waited for the other family members to leave home, picked a large wooden stick, and hit Saud on the head as he bent down to pray at his house in the western town of Taif. Then she stole around 31,000 Saudi rials in cash and jewelry worth nearly 100,000 and fled. On her way out, she was offered a lift by a Saudi man who drove her to an abandoned rest house outside the city and raped her with his eight friends. Then they stole all her money and drove her to nearby Mecca where she was hosted by a friend. Police later arrested the nine rapists who led them to the maid's whereabouts. During investigation, she confessed to the murders, prompted court to sentence her to death. Indonesian embassy officials who were present in most court sessions tried many times to persuade the victim's sons to pardon the maid in return for Islamic dia, blood money, but they refused. The maid was again sentenced to death by an appeals court. Have a nice day. I love Stu's voice. I think Stu's hilarious. Uh, Stu, thank you so much for sending that in. We appreciate it. Um, you know, if they're short... We'll certainly play them uh, if we have time, but uh, but you know you ask if we should send if you should send some more. We'll certainly play them if we have time and if they're short. Right. But uh, but you know you can't expect that they're going to get played every week. Just so you know. And that is, by the way, Stu, the worst story ever. Oh my God, I know. It's well, so it's just bad. like it, it. It's like um, it's like Middle East meets like. I don't know, like one of those torture porn movies like Hostel or something. You know what it is? Yeah, I was going to say, you know what it actually, what it feels like to me is like, it's like The Hangover. You know, it's like a series of like zany misadventures. Yeah, unfortunate events that just right. happen over and over. Yeah. It's like Lemony Snicket wrote that fucking story. Lemony Snicket. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tom, um, this is from James, and you had said that you wanted to read a portion of this. Yeah, he says, uh, seriously, though, love the show, and I hope you guys keep it going until Buddha, Krishna, Jesus, and Allah finally form the boy band we all know they've been talking about. 
It's <laughs> like an awesome. That's a great line. I love that line. I read that and that, that cracked me up. So thank you very much. Appreciate the email. We got an email from Susan and Susan says, so sorry, guys. Thank you for the shout out of 99. I'm, and I'm embarrassed that I sent you something that had undisclosed recipients. Good thing I'm not the type that gets embarrassed. Wait a second. You just said you were embarrassed. Which is it? Mixed message. Um, so anyway, Susan <laughs> wants us to tell uh, tell you about the two projects that we mentioned before. So the first one is Guerrilla Skepticism on Wikipedia. And the second one is Skeptic Action. So Susan uh, what you should do is you should go to this episode. This is episode 101 on our website. Go to dissonancepod.com. And in the comment section, Susan, you should put links to both of those things. Uh, that way people can find them. Once Susan puts them up, you guys should link on them and and uh, and, and go follow through with them. I, from what she said, both of these are really good. The skeptic action one is basically a call to action. And every day there's a tweet, some kind of basic instruction. Usually it's just like read, rate, or comment using a, a program called Web of Trust. And what Web of Trust is, is when you go to certain websites that have been rated, what it does is it gives you a rating on whether or not it's a trustable source. So it's actually a really cool thing, and I've seen it done before, and it actually really is uh, is an interesting uh, way to make sure the web is accountable for what it's saying. And then also the guerrilla skepticism on Wikipedia is you know just going in and making sure that there's some sort of uh, some sort of skeptical view viewpoints that get shown on Wikipedia. So Susan, thanks for sending those in, and please be sure to post the links in the comment section for this episode. And you can also share those same links on Facebook if you if you haven't already done so. Feel free to do that. And as another well. place that you might want to share those links is uh, on the the Google Plus page that they started. Oh, right. Yeah. That Google Plus page, there's like over 300 people right now. And unlike Facebook, which is sort of just this blah where you know you post to our page and on occasion people might see it if they filter using other people as posters. On that on that uh, page for the Google Plus. Those people are, you know, when you post something there, it's front and center. So 300 people or so, and these are people that are skeptics and involved in the community will see it. So if you aren't part of that community, Susan, you should be. And uh, if anybody from the skeptic community that is part of that community wants to post on the comment section of this episode, they can and post that link for the Google Plus page so people can find it. That would be great. Tom, I want you to read Robin's message because I think it's very funny. And you have to finish with how Robin ends it. Hey, guys. Thanks for the endless hours and well done for not noticeably declining (laughs) in quality. You're up there with irreligious spell check and atheist experience. (laughs) Irreligious spell check. I like that. Difference between a dead atheist and believer? We don't find out there isn't a God and they don't find out that there is. Robin, England, in parentheses, the Middle East. Thanks, That's Robin. That's the best. That's the best. I love That's the great. Middle East. Fuck you, Robin. I'm glad we haven't noticeably <laughs> declined. We got another image of the glory hole. This is a different glory hole. This one is in Scotland. And I think the funny thing is, is that a Scottish listener is named Scott. Yeah, that's I, <laughs> I think that this is I love that This is the glory hole church center and it's on High Street. Hey, hey. It looks like it's the glory and the hole looks weird. Like it's like, like I don't understand what's happening in this picture. Oh, is it though? It's a Google street view. That's why. Yeah. So it's all wonka I see. That's why it's all yeah. wonky. It's not yeah. just like an Escher house or something. <laughs> I, saw, I thought the same thing. I was like, what the fuck happened to that house? Yeah. But. We get an email about uh, from Tim about Common Core, Tom, and it's it really what he says is that Common Core curriculum focuses on critical thinking, and uh, and basically, uh, you know, first off, that 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 all of those things that they do, the No Child Left Behind and Common Core, really do 
uh, he says, make teachers less autonomous, which is not a good thing. And, and granted, we agree. And he says, conservatives don't like it because it makes the kids think. So evidently, Common Core is making kids think. And that's why that uh, Bradley, Bradley Dean doesn't like it very much. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you wouldn't want people thinking critically in school. No, that's just, goodness. No, that's, that's the devil. It's ridiculous. That is actually the devil himself. So we got an email from an, uh, we're going to call her undisclosed recipient. How's that, Tom? <laughs> we got an email from undisclosed recipient uh, from Utah. Yeah, and they, they have a bit. Um, they said, uh, I think I found something more disgusting than eggnog. A friend of mine had me try seaweed recently. Now, bear in mind, this person is from oh, Utah. So, seaweed? Yeah. <laughs> She described the taste as similar to a pork rind, and this induced you to eat it. That's, I'm also, initially, I thought that if something tasted like it was deep fried and salted, it couldn't be that bad. I was wrong. So very, very wrong. (laughs) The taste may have been similar to a pork rind if you let a pig rot in a stagnant body of water for several weeks and then made pork rinds out of that. The best way I can describe the taste would be to say it tasted like pond water smells, only orders of magnitude worse. I couldn't get rid of the taste for some time, and this is the part that is particularly criminal. I tried to wash it out with beer, and it ruined the flavor of my beer. A horrible tragedy. Why someone would eat that shit on purpose is beyond me. I consider the person who had me try it no longer my friend. Signed, Gullible. Yeah, I think I think undisclosed recipient, you're actually allowed to kill that person. <laughs> I think you are technically allowed. So you may want to you may want to do that. I don't think that there's a statute of limitations on that either. I'm sure so, in the lawless wilderness of Utah, you can yeah, get away with totally it. It's totally fine. Yeah. Um, but thank you, undisclosed recipient, for sending us a message <laughs> and uh, and for trying something that neither of us is willing to try ever. Now, we, we want to thank uh, Ben for his generous donation this week. We're going to be taking down that. Uh, I'm going to take that that uh, donate button down this week. Um, we've gotten enough money from that uh, from that, so we're going to keep the PayPal maintenance fa- fund up. I think I might limit that though. Uh, and uh, so, if you want to donate to the PayPal maintenance fund or the the distance uh, the cognitive distance maintenance fund, I should say um, that'll still be there. But the TAM fund is down. Tom and I have funded TAM. We want to thank everybody for their generous donations. We think that. Um, you guys made this trip possible and we're so happy that you were, you thought enough of the show to donate. And, uh, we're happy that people enjoyed the show enough that they thought it was worth some money. And, uh, that makes us feel really good that, that people enjoyed the show enough for that. So thank you everybody who bought shirts, everybody who bought an app, everybody who, um, you know, subscribed on audible, anybody who sent us a couple dollars or some of some people who sent us a lot of dollars. Thank you very much to everyone who, who wound up supporting the show in some way. Yeah. It, it, I, your, your generosity. I mean, it really, I think it astounded Cecil and I, the idea that both of us could ship our fat asses from Chicago to Las Vegas. One would assume that the, you know, the C one thirty jets that are necessary to haul our cargo up and into the sky would be much more pricey, but you guys have, have really come through, and we appreciate it. Thank you. So we want to end the show. We got an, uh, a song from Jeffrey this week. Uh, we're not going to end with uh, with the regular uh, Skeptics Creed this week. Instead, we're going to end with Jeffrey's song. 
uh, Jeffrey just made a, uh, an electronic song that uh, that says Glory Hole a lot, and we think it's pretty funny. <laughs> so we're going to play it. Uh, thanks, Jeffrey, for creating it. Uh, and, uh, and we hope you enjoy it. Please call in in the next couple of weeks. We're going to be using your, uh, your voicemails to, uh, litter the show. So you guys are going to be part of the show a little more. So be sure to call in, uh, whenever you can. And we'll leave you this week with Jeffrey's song. Until the sun is gone, it's all.